That song, I guess you just have to stand up for. It's kind of like the uh, open your eyes, uh, I want to see Jesus. Open my eyes, I want to see Jesus. And I remember a worship leader had us all close our eyes right before we sang that. It's just kind of strange. Open my eyes, yet you want me to close my eyes, or standing in the presence of, of Christ my Savior. You kind of have to stand for that. So thank you for your spiritual calisthenics um, this morning, your spiritual aerobics. Well, one show that has been around for a while that I really like to watch, if I, if I have time to sit down and, and be able to enjoy the show, it is If Walls Could Talk. Are you all fans of this? Probably been a while. Uh, I think they need to update some of these. Some of these are still in rerun. But it's always fascinating to see people who buy these homes and they move into the home and after a period of time uh, begin to figure out that there are some things about that house that are very different. And especially if the TV show is helping them uh, discover some of these things even more in depth. But I remember there was one that uh, this family had moved in and real prim and proper looking family like, you know, all, all of you. And... Um, <laughs> They had moved in and uh, really enjoyed their home, and it just looked nice and warm and comfortable. But they found out pretty quickly that it was actually an old speakeasy. And the, uh, the wife was a little bit uncomfortable feeling uh, the vibes in the house, thinking through about all the illegal drinking that went on in her home as people would come there during Prohibition days and be able to enjoy um, whatever liquor was being served in that house. Probably a little bit of gambling and other stuff going on there, too. And they began to talk about this, and this was a part of the show. Then there was another one that was even worse. It was a, uh, a house of ill repute. And uh, so, again, the family felt pretty uncomfortable realizing that this is not really what we thought we were buying when we bought a house. But there was one that was a little bit better. And it was a house that had uh, been owned by an American patriot, uh, someone who they think even had signed the Declaration of Independence. There was some debate about whether he was an actual signer or not, or if that was the same person who lived in this house. But it, it obviously went way back in time, and the family was proud to go tell people about this house, and that the house they were buying uh, end, ended up being something that uh, was something very special and extraordinary. All of these people found themselves in a place that was not so ordinary after all. As I've thought about Jacob and read this text this week, it just struck me as I, I was reading through it again um, on Tuesday, I, I just thought about how Jacob thought he was going to a very ordinary place. Jacob was on his way to get far away from his brother. His, he had just stolen his birthright from his brother. You remember this story about Jacob and Esau and just the dastardly deed that he did to his brother and he's fleeing to get away and uh, ultimately will go and find a wife and live far away from his brother for a while, and then we'll come back. But in the midst of this, as he is on his way to get away, he gets tired, and he decides that he wants to get some sleep. And in the midst of this, this place that looked very rocky, in fact, he had a rock for a pillow, he lay down and went to sleep. And in the midst of that sleep, he discovered that the place he was in that looked very ordinary was not so ordinary after all. And as we have heard this text and the, the beautiful songs that have gone along with it, we kind of find ourselves inserting ourselves into this story as well. Or at least we can find ourselves doing that this morning. The text really invites us into it as well because we find ourselves in all kinds of places, don't we? You came from some place this morning and you're here in this place right now and you're going to go to a whole bunch of different places in this next week. But there is a special kind of place that God has designed for us that is not ordinary at all. 
It may look ordinary this morning, but it's quite extraordinary. And so as we look at what Jacob experienced, we can look at what we can experience in our lives as well as we understand what God is saying to us through this text today. And the first thing is that that God is with us in this place. In whatever place we happen to find ourselves, God is with us in it. And this is what led Jacob to say, Surely the Lord is in this place. I didn't think about it when I got here. When I was running from my brother and I did all these terrible things and, and I know that I, I shouldn't have done them and here I am on my way trying to run away from all my problems and all the challenges. I didn't think this was going to be a special place. I didn't think God was going to be here. And yet, God, you are. Surely the Lord is in this place. So he moves from this very ordinary spot, falls asleep, even with his head on a stone, and has this incredible kind of dream. This dream that we still talk about these days. It's found its way into literature. It's found its way into our colloquialisms. It's found its way into art, as you see here. As we can imagine what it was like for Jacob to climb up uh, this ladder in his dream, or to see what was climbing up and down this ladder. And as he, he says, there was this ladder that reached all the way up to heaven. It, it was here on the ground, and it went all the way up to heaven. And on this ladder, I could see angels descending and ascending, going back and forth into heaven. <clears throat> and he would understand that this would be the gate of heaven, and that something very special was going on here. You can just imagine the kind of dream that would be. You've probably had an incredible dream in your life at some point and it just woke you up and you felt like you had been in the midst of some other kind of reality. And that must have been what Jacob was thinking as he woke up about this gate of heaven. And then he heard God speaking to him. He says, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And he goes on to give him this great promise. But in the midst of that, he, felt the, he said, I felt God standing beside it. He was right there next to the ladder. He was right there next to me. It was a beautiful place. And later at the end of this little passage, he takes that rock that had been under his head and he takes this rock and he, he places it there and makes it an altar and says, this is Bethel. This is the house of God. This is where God has dwelt for me right here in this place. And I'm sure thinking, I will come back here again and experience the presence of God and be able to have the same kind of experience. It's a lot like what Jesus did with the disciples. You think about how God came and intersected in with humankind. And He did that most specifically and most clearly through Jesus Christ. Uh, You think about Jesus out on the boat with His disciples. And we were talking about this on Wednesday night as we were talking about contemplative prayer and what it means to, to be still and know that God is God. This took place with the disciples as they were out on a boat one day and the storm blows in. Where is Jesus? He is asleep on the boat while all this chaos and commotion is going on. Jesus is asleep and His disciples go and wake Him up and say, Jesus, aren't you going to do anything about this? And He gets up and He looks at the storm and says, Peace, be still. Just like He said to the disciples so many times, Be still. Something that is very ordinary becomes something very extraordinary. You think about also the five loaves and two fish that, that Jesus um, is there multiplying. Something that was so ordinary, some, some stinky old fish and some bread and not very much of either. And Jesus takes these very ordinary things and He transforms them into something very extraordinary. Or Jesus at the wedding at Cana. The very uh, first miracle that Jesus ever did was at this wedding 
And uh, they're, they're all you know, there and they're drinking wine. They're having a great time and the wine begins to run out. And so what does Jesus do? He looks over at these cisterns of water and He, he tells the disciples to go and to, to get them. And He turns that very ordinary water into very fine, extraordinary wine. It is God intersecting with very common, ordinary things in this world, turning them into extraordinary moments and happenings and experiences. This is what God does. And Jacob's dream is a great example of it. And what we can understand for our lives out of this today as well is that that there are places that God has for us. And right now, God has you in one of those places where He wants you to experience His reality. Where He wants you to understand that He is here. That He is not absent at all. I love the Elizabeth Barrett Browning uh, quote. And you've probably heard this before. But uh, she says, Earth's crammed with heaven. And every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. Jacob discovered that earth was crammed full of heaven. In fact, it was coming down out of heaven on a ladder. God was descending into humankind. Descending into their experiences and to the the events and the circumstances of their lives. God was there with Jacob. And what you must know today is that God is here with you. God has a place. And and it's not just a physical place, although it happens in a physical place. God loves to intersect with physical things and physical places. But even more so, God desires to intersect with you, with, with who you are. And what's going on inside of you. God has a special place carved out where you can meet with God. I wonder where are you today? What kind of place are you in? And are you seeing God in that place? Have you, like Browning has said, have you taken your shoes off? Have you seen this place? Have you seen that God has crammed Himself into all of the specifics and all of the circumstances and all of the minutia of your life? God is there. But honestly, in this last week, did you really take time to see it? Did you take your shoes off and realize that you're standing on holy ground? You might have been in a very common place. You might have been standing in line at the motor vehicle's uh, place waiting for uh, maybe renewing your license. There's no more common place than that. Maybe you were at a doctor's office, or maybe you were at work sitting at your desk, very bored and thinking about common kinds of things. Maybe there was something very spectacular going on in your life. Did you discover that God was there too? That God was in that place with you. There's something exciting about that discovery. It's, it's like Jacob said, it is, God, how awesome. And, and there's this fear and this fright that's in his voice and coming right out of his dream. And, and it's, God, how awesome is this? Surely the Lord is in this place. I've never experienced anything like this before. And really, as we would see in Jacob's life, he'd have his struggles after this. And it would be hard for him to ever really get back to that place because of his life. Well, there was that time he wrestled with God. That was kind of an interesting time. Even there, God was in his place. And we realize that it's an awesome thing as well. And it's a beautiful thing. And what we would do well to do is to say, 
I'm going to call this Bethel. This place where God intersects with me. Maybe it's in the morning as you get up and you read your Bible, or you sit in some centering prayer or some kind of a, a, a time when you're just being alone with God and reflecting on what He has done in your life. Wherever that place is, that is your Bethel. God is there. So it's not just a place where God is with us, it's also a place that is mobile. If you look back here at the, at the story and, and what's going on in his dream and what he hears God say to him, is that God is going to be with him. He says, Jacob, uh, I, I'm going to go with you and I'm going to be your God. Verse 13, I'm the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you Notice how it doesn't say I might or I'm kind of thinking about leaving you because you're a pretty dastardly kind of guy. I mean, you really did something pretty rotten back there. No, he says, I, I'm going to be with you, Jacob. I am not going to leave you. This was a mobile kind of place. God just didn't meet with him at Bethel. God was going to be his Bethel and go with him wherever it was that he was going. It was going to be an eternal kind of thing. God goes with us wherever we go. There is a place that we have with God that goes with us everywhere. Especially in light of the giving of the Holy Spirit that Bethel became us where the the Spirit began to indwell God's people. And we are those people. There's a a neat story that actually it's not so neat for the person it happened to but it was in Time Magazine and it's it's about a a lady who got trapped in an elevator while staying alone in her convent. An 85-year-old Catholic nun got trapped inside a broken elevator for four nights and three days. She tried pushing the inside elevator door, but the electricity went off. She had her cell phone with her, but there wasn't a signal. Fortunately, she had carried a bottle of water, some celery sticks, mmm, celery sticks. Even even I don't like celery sticks. And uh, a few cough drops in the elevator. Great meal, right? For a few days. At first, she said to herself, this can't happen. But then she decided to turn her elevator into a personal prayer retreat. It was either panic or pray, she later told an interviewer uh, for CNN. She started viewing the experience as a gift. I believe that God's presence was my strength and my joy. Really, she said. I felt God's presence almost immediately. I felt like He provided the opportunity for a closer relationship. Wherever you go, there is God. Wherever you happen to find yourself, God is there with you. And the same kind of promise that God gave to Jacob He gives to us as well. We can find these promises all throughout Scripture. There is reminder after reminder after reminder that wherever you go, God is with you. Psalm 23 is probably my favorite reminder. Even through the valley of the shadow of death, even amidst all kinds of enemies and all kinds of threats, God is with you. And He also tells us that God will keep us. There is this constant protection, this constant source that we have that we can access wherever it is that we go. 
Now, we don't understand all the complexities of that. And sometimes we look at people's lives and say, well, it doesn't seem like God was with him or with her or is going along with that person. And yet we understand God works in some incredible, wonderful ways that we can't even begin to understand. God is mobile and He goes with you. Well, finally, there is in this place the promises and the blessings of God. I read earlier all of these promises and the blessings that God gave to Jacob. In fact, He took this blessing with Him and it just speaks of God's grace of how He would even be able to keep that blessing after stealing that away from His brother. There is a lot of grace in the story. And we need a lot of grace, don't we? I think it's, it's perfect for us because we are so much like uh, Jacob and any usurper taking things that really don't belong to us. Yet in the midst of all of this, God promises to him, I'm not only going to be with you, and it's not only that you can access me and have this beautiful dream of seeing angels coming uh, up and down from heaven and knowing that you can also climb this ladder and be able to meet with me, but I'm going to provide you with some promises and the blessing as you move ahead from here. There was a, a man in Utah recently, I think back in this, uh, actually it was in May, who uh, moved into a brand new house, and uh, as he moved in, he began to discover some things. Now this one wasn't on the uh, HGTV show, but it says, Josh Farron, an artist for the Desert News, stumbled across some treasure in his new house, a trove of $45,000 in cash and in coins. It uh, looks like that. That's actually what, they, what he found in his house. It'd be kind of nice to find this in a brand new house. Uh, he did return it, by the way. But he says, just hours after he had closed on the house, Farron was checking out his new man cave. Everybody needs one of those, right, Jenny? A man cave at the back of his garage where he was planning to lay out his tools and hang things up. He looked up and noticed a little access panel in the ceiling with some carpeting jutting out. I thought, maybe this could be a little hidey hole What is a hidey hole? What kind of guy is this? Had been finished and my kids could go up there and play, said Farron. He grabbed a ladder to climb up and investigate. It was dark, but he was able to make out an old and dusty ammo box. I grabbed the thing and it was heavy. I thought it might be holding down some pieces of wood or something, he said. It wasn't. It was filled with rolls and rolls and rolls of dollar bills. I opened it up, freaked out, closed it, locked in the trunk of my car and called my wife to say... You're not going to believe what I just found in our attic. I like the idea of a ladder. It reminds me of this passage of the ladder that God provided for Jacob to be able to experience and find the greatest treasure of all time, the the treasure of God's presence. And as we think about God's place in our lives and, and what He has done for us, that we might know Him and exist in Him, we should consider the things that He has provided for us. God has given us all kinds of promises. I have a book in my office, and I, I had several editions of this, but have given them away. But, and, and they're a dime a dozen. You can go find them anywhere. But God's Promises book, or something like that. God's Book of Promises. And you can, it's just promise after promise that God has given to us. You can just look through it. It's just Scripture after Scripture. And some books even classify if you're going through this problem or you're dealing with this or uh, you're you're, uh, praying about this particular thing, look at this verse and it'll take you to that verse and show you what it says. And it tells you about the promises of God. I don't know about you, but I constantly need to be reminded of God's promises and the fact that God never breaks a promise. God always is faithful to what He says. But also to recognize that 
It's not just promises, it's blessing. Again, we are people in need of God's blessing. We are people who are in need of God's grace at all times. And this, all of this is found as we get into a place with God where we experience Him in this same kind of way that Jacob did. I mentioned earlier, I went to see uh, Harry Potter. It was 12.04 the other night. And uh, as we were there... Uh, it's just it's a it's a great movie. Uh, I don't want to be a spoiler, but you know the the good guy wins in the end, as you might suggest. But one of the things uh, that I was reminded of is the uh, platform nine and three quarters, and uh, this is an actual place. And uh, if you go there, uh, you might see this. I don't know if that's actually. I guess it is stuck in the wall. I was thinking this was photoshopped, but. Uh, in the movie, and I think everybody probably is aware of this, if you've read the movie or if you've, uh, yeah, read the movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a book. Yeah. <laughs> if you've read the book or seen the movie, then you probably have uh, understood that this is how they get to Hogwarts. This is how they get on the right train and the Hogwarts Express. So they're, they're looking at a very ordinary looking wall. And as they go into the walls, they step into it, then it... it uh, takes them, transports them into a whole different kind of reality. And as I was watching that, again, this text was just kind of rolling through my head, and I was thinking about a different reality. Thinking about something that looks very ordinary, yet becomes very extraordinary. God has given us access to His reality. And all we have to do is step into it. Maybe some of you want to run and crash into it, and that's okay too. But it's a matter of us finding that place. This morning, you have the opportunity to do that. And as you go into this next week, amongst all of the ordinariness of the world, you have the opportunity to find and exist in this kind of relationship and place that God has for you. As Dan leads us in a, a time of just a, a musical reflection... Let this be a time of thinking about that place and thinking about the God who loves you, who goes with you, and who desires to bless you. Let's pray. God, we thank You for Your grace.